Radio. First followers, the Christians of the Holy Land. An interview with Bishop Jacinto Bolas Mokutso of the Latin Patriarchate of Jerusalem. I'm joined today with Bishop Makutsu, um, who's here in Australia from the Holy Land. Thank you for joining me. Thank you to you. So the first question that I wanted to ask is about Christians in the Holy Land. Can you tell me what is uh, the life of the Christians in the Holy Land? Is it one that's challenging? Is it one that, um, I guess, yeah, we hear about Christians in the Middle East um, and the challenges that they face, but specifically for, for the people that you work with, the people that you serve, what, what is their day-to-day life like, um, and what are some of the challenges that they face? Yes. First of all, we have to say something very, very interesting, that the Christians of the Holy Land are the descendants of the first Mother Church of Jerusalem. I mean the descendants of the first Christians, of the church found by, of the group, of, of the community, founded by Jesus Christ himself, the apostles, and the, the first centuries. That is very important, because that community is not any community, please. They still have in their historical memory the story of Jesus. They carry that in their collective memory, and that is wonderful. Uh, they have that feeling, they have that vision that we are the mother church of Jerusalem. And for the universal church, it's very interesting to know that we have a group of Christians who still carry in their memory that the story of Jesus. The gospel do that, of course, the gospels, but in, the, in another way and I would say in a, a better way, the local community, the living community of Jesus in the Holy Land is still carrying the message of Jesus in a living way. Yeah. yeah. Now, are there any particular um, challenges that they, that they face? I mean, of course, they're, um, they're in an area which has been affected by war. In yes, yes, yes. Unfortunately, unfortunately. Many adventures historical adventures. Uh, The Christians in the Holy Land, let us say in the first centuries, were persecuted in the famous Roman persecutions of the Roman Empire. After, when there was the peace and the acceptance of all the religions in the Roman Empire, uh, the, the Holy Land, Palestine, was called in that time Palestine, became full of Christian presence. Even the Bedouins in the desert became Christians. And the Holy Land was full of sanctuaries, of pilgrims coming from all over the world to pray and to venerate the holy places. Uh, I am speaking about the 4th, the 5th, the uh, 6th and 7th century. After that, Little by little, the Christians became a minority. Now there is still a very little minority of 2% of the population. And they are still uh, in many challenges, many, I don't say persecution, there is no persecution, 
there is no property persecution. But many hard times, many difficulties. This is why they are tempted by the emigration. Mm. They would like to leave. And we, the Church, we try our best to keep them a living presence of Christians in the land of Jesus, of Mary, of Nazareth, and of course of the Apostles. We, hard, hard, uh, we work very hard to keep them. And that is why we need not only our contribution, but uh, the help, the collaboration of all the Christians. John Paul II, all the popes, but especially he, was insisting on this, the following idea. The Holy Land is spiritually the land of all the people, all the Christians. All the Christians, Catholics, Orthodox, Anglicans, and so and so and so. It is the duty and the responsibility of all the Christians, of the Universal Church, to take care of the future of the Church in the Holy Land, of the peace in the Holy Land. Because our future depends on the peace. If there is peace, there is a future. If there is no peace, there is no future for the Christians in the Holy Land. And we work hard again to do that, to keep a Christian presence, living presence in the Holy Land. This is why we collaborate with the orders of the Holy Sepulchre a lot. They work in a wonderful way for the parishes, for the schools, for the associations, and at the end, for the peace in the Holy Land. So can you tell me about the role of the Order of the Holy Sepulchre in, uh, in assisting the Christians? It's yes. quite unique because there's not many um, orders that we have that are specifically focused on, on a group of people in the church, but we have this for, for the Christians in the Holy Land. So yes. can you tell me a little bit more about their work? Yes, uh, as we already said, it is the responsibility of all the Christians to help the Holy Land. That duty, that responsibility, is a responsibility uh, took a very concrete shape in the creation of the order, equestrian order of the Holy of the Knights of the Holy Sepulchre. They incarnate, they, there is the living expression of that responsibility, of that duty of the Church, to help the Holy Land. We said that is the universal duty. For the Catholic Church, the Pope, the Holy See, since the, 19th, the 18th century, committed to help the Holy Land. First of all, they are committed to be good Christians, to have a good Christian witness. Second, as fruit of that Christian, uh, their commitment is to help the Latin Patriarchate in uh, particular and in general the Holy Land, uh, the Church in the Holy Land. How? First of all, in the seminary. We have a seminary. And the oldest seminary in the Middle East. And uh, we, uh, he, he, it was created in 1852, and from that moment up to now, it is working very well and is forming the clergy of the Holy Land. By the way, when I say Holy Land, I mean three countries, Jordan, Palestine, Israel. 
They are the three modern countries covering the old Holy Land, the old Palestine. And uh, in those three countries, we have only one diocese, the Diocese of the Latin Patriarchate of Jerusalem. And uh, the Latin Patriarchate has a seminary for the training, the formation of the priest, and the, the orders help us a lot to form the seminary, yes. Second, the parishes. We have almost 70, exactly 66 and other small centers, parishes in the Holy Land of Latin rite, because we have other of Oriental rites, of Maronite, of Melkite rites, of Chaldean, Coptic, and so and so. And it is not easy to keep, to maintain those parishes. That is one, uh, the second job of the order to help us in maintaining the parishes. The third uh, duty, the schools. As here, I see that uh, here many parishes have a school. And we have, every parish has a school. But with one difference, that in Jordan and in Palestine, the government uh, gives nothing for the schools, our schools. We have to cover all the expenditures of the schools. Is that possible for our families? Not possible. The orders of the Holy Sepulchre help us in that. And I would say that maybe it is the first job, the first duty of the orders in the Holy Land beside the seminary and the clergy. Uh, in Israel, it is a little different because the government help us a little, only 30%. And the family have to cover uh, what remains. So they, they help us a little in Israel too, but not so much. It is especially in Jordan and in Palestine. After that, we have the associations. For example, we have to, here too the, the office of the family the office of the young people. And even that is a very important uh, duty of the Church today of the, in the Holy Land in a special way. And they help us in maintaining, in promoting, in uh, uh, supporting those associations, especially the young people and uh, the associations of a family. Uh, after all, it, uh, we need the peace. And I would say that our uh, main mission in the Holy Land is to uh, build the peace. But how? Because the peace depends on politics. And we don't interfere with the politics. We have a, a good message of the gospel, of the right, rights of the people, of the rights of the, the personal rights of men, and so and so. But through our school, the education, and through the parishes, we, have, we can have a big influence in the society for building the peace. And the orders, all the orders, they are in Europe, they are in America, they are here, help us really. And we invite always the order, the Knights of the Holy Sepulchre, to come to the Holy Land, to visit the Holy Land, to see the needs and to see what we do with their contribution, with their work.
This is my main job in this visit in Australia to the lieutenancies of Australia and the southeast of Asia. Can you tell me a little bit about um, what you're doing here in Australia? I believe you're visiting the lieutenancies. Yes, yes. Uh, the lieutenancies, especially the lieutenancies of Sydney, exactly uh, the left, Lieutenant uh, Francois uh, Kunz, maybe you know him, invited the Patriarch to come last year. Uh, last year exactly, the Patriarch was changed because he uh, achieved uh, 75 years. And you know, at 75, we have to leave, to leave the mandate. And uh, he invited the Patriarchate, me, because he knew me when I came for the World Youth Day. And after when the Apostolic Administrator was uh, created, was uh, established, he invited the apostolic administrator. But at the last moment, the apostolic administrator were very busy with the problems there, so he asked me to come. And I came very happily, very joyfully to see the Australia. And for what? First of all, for uh, uh, animating a spiritual retreat the first spiritual national uh, retreat of Australia and Southeast Asia. They were last Saturday in Sydney, a wonderful day of uh, spirituality about the spirituality of the orders, based on the resurrection, on the cross, and of Our Lady, on Our Lady of Nazareth, the three points uh, of the spirituality of the order. And uh, after that, uh, we uh, made a schedule, a program of a visit to all the lieutenancies, two days in every lieutenancy. Uh, I have been already in Brisbane, and of course, a Sunday I was in uh, Sydney, two days in, in uh, Brisbane, two days in Melbourne, now two days here, and, and later two days in Adelaide and in Perth. This is our general program. Uh, in every visit, in every town, there is a meeting with the, the orders, with the lieutenant. Here is the creation of the new section of the lieutenancy of Victoria of Melbourne. Up to now, there is no lieutenancy because they are only two, three now members. But they have new aspirants and I hope in the future there will be a lieutenancy here in uh, Hobart too like there, are, uh, there is one in Perth, one in Adelaide, and so and so. And uh, next Sunday, the bishop himself will become a knight of the Holy Sepulchre, and automatically, as a bishop, he is the prior of this section uh, of the Order of the Holy Sepulchre. So it is a very long, a, a little long and a little hard visit, but in the same time, I think, fruitful and very interesting for promoting and developing the idea, the, need of the, the needs of the Church, especially in the Holy Land, and the duty of the Christians everywhere to do something for the Holy Land. Yeah. yeah. I guess I also wanted to ask, just re returning there also to, to the Christians in the Holy Land, you've been a bishop there for about 20 years now, is that correct? 
<laughs> I was born in Italy. Uh, I am Italian uh, in my, from my birth. And I went to the Holy Land since 57 years. I studied in the Holy Land in the seminary of the Latin Patriarchate exactly in Bejala is the, the place where is the seminary. And uh, after I was a priest, and since uh, 24 years, I am bishop in Nazareth. I was up to now uh, vicar, patriarchal vicar for Israel, and starting from this month, the end of this month, after, after the feast of Our Lady, the Assumption of Our Lady, I become the vicar general in Jerusalem. And uh, auxiliary bishop, of course, of the Latin Patriarchate, and vicar general in Jerusalem for Palestine. This is now my job. Now, obviously, you spent you spent a long time here. What's what's your favorite um, part of, of serving the Christians in the Holy Land? Well, this is exactly the reason why I left Italy and they came to the Holy Land. Because I heard, I knew that there are still in the Holy Land the descendants of the first Christians. Do you imagine that? It's wonderful. The descendants of the first Christians, the, let us say, uh, their ancestors saw Jesus, spoke with Jesus, they uh, believed in Jesus, they had the, the personal direct experience with Jesus. That community is still in the Holy Land and they need priests and missionaries. This is why, I, since uh, I was in Italy, I wanted to be missionary. And when I heard that the situation of the Holy Land is like that, I said, it is, it is now my future to be missionaries there in the Holy Land, to help the descendants of the first community to live in the Holy Land to promote themselves, in the, to flourish them in the Holy Land. That's awesome. Now, what can Australians do to assist the Christians in the Holy Land? I mean, we're on the other side of the world, but how can we, we help you with your work and yes. the Christians there? Yes. Well, uh, maybe I surprise you by, by saying, you want to help the Holy Land, you want the Christians in the Holy Land, come as pilgrims. Really, when you come as pilgrims, it is a good advantage for you. A wonderful, it's a wonderful experience. A well-prepared and a well-followed run a pilgrimage is wonderful to renew your life, to renew, to uh, rediscover where my faith was born, mm -hmm. the Church of Jerusalem and where the holy places of Jesus, of the Mother Church, of the Apostles, and of Mary, and so and so. And uh, there is a good adventure for the pilgrims, and in the same time, for the Christians of the Holy Land. Why? Practically, economically, I would say, because many of our Christians work in that field, in that uh, sector. I mean, they work in the pilgrims, in the tourism. Uh, you know, the tourism is uh, doing a lot of work through the driver, the hotels, the shops, and many other things. Many of our Christians, and especially in Bethlehem and in Jerusalem, 
30% of them work in the... So when there are pilgrims, they work. When there are no pilgrims, they don't work. So economically, it is a good help for our Christians. But this is not the most important. The most important is moral and what I would say, church help, communion uh, of Christians. When they come, our Christian unencouraged. They say, oh, the universal church didn't forget us. They are still there. They are thinking of us. They are coming to to us. Because, you know, uh, let us compare some, let us do some comparison. When the Jews have something, all the Jewish world is uh, coming to help them. When the Muslims have something, all the Muslim world is coming and is doing something. What about the Christians? When something happens, sometimes they are left, they are forgotten. But when there are pilgrims, no, they are not forgotten. They feel themselves part of a big body of the Church, of the Universal Church. So it is uh, the first way to help the Christians in the Holy Land to come as pilgrims. And uh, I seize the opportunity of the radio, of the newspaper, to, uh, to concentrate about that idea. Come to the Holy Land. And in that way, you can do a big uh, favor to you, a big benefit, a big uh, advantage for you, and for the Christians of the Holy Land. Don't be afraid, because many people are afraid. They say, we see many bad things in the television. I tell you, I am living there, and I can tell you, nothing uh, is bad for the pilgrims. Uh, You have not to be afraid to come to the Holy Land, because the pilgrims belong in uh, a mental category of a people, they can't be touched. They are untouchable. They are pilgrims. The Muslims, the Jews, and of course the Christians have that mental culture in mind. The the pilgrims are holy. They want to find God. They want to look for God, for the Christian's value, for the gospel, for the holy places of Jesus and of the apostles. Leave them they have nothing to do with our problems, so the pilgrims can come sure, with quiet and uh, with the security. There is nothing to be afraid about the Holy Land. Come to the Holy Land. I wait for you in Jerusalem, in Nazareth, in Bethlehem, and let us be. Let us leave a moment of share, of communion in the Holy Land together. This is, of course, the first way to help the Holy Land. After, there are many other ways, what we call the partnership or the adoption. Adoption, for example, one parish uh, adopts one another parish of the Holy Land, a school, another school, a diocese, a diocese of the Holy Land. In, with that communion, with that partnership, or we call twins, uh, twins membership or something uh, it is a very big help to the Christians of the Holy Land because that creates a kind of link a personal link, personal knowledge and communion again 
because it's a question of communion. We want to be one family, uh, especially with the order of the Holy Sepulchre. We want to be one family. We are there, they are here, but we work for the same aim, for the Holy Land, for the Christians in the Holy Land, and we have to feel to belong to one family, to one church, to one uh, for the same job. So there are many ways, and the, uh, the last one, which is not uh, uh, the one of the minor means, is to pray. Because, especially for the peace, we see that uh, men cannot bring peace. Only God can give us that gift of a peace, that grace of a peace. But uh, we need to pray for that. So I ask to all the Christians, to all the bishops, to all the priests, to pray and let the faithful pray for the peace in the Holy Land, for the Church in the Holy Land. And we believe in the validity of a peace, of a prayer, I mean. And so this why I encourage them to pray very strongly for the Holy Land. And thank you, of course. That was Bishop Jacinto Bolas Makutso with First Followers, the Christians of the Holy Land. For more interviews, talks, and shows, visit radio.org.au.